Ready, how about next match with Tendu? I remember Tenru one year ago today. We burned the building down. But you beat me. One, two, three. You can't be dopey, I don't care what it is. I got two Tenru. What a fucking match. What'd you think? Yeah, like, this match is... Like, I forget how annoying Sherry is. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I don't know how much we want to get into it at the outset here, but yeah, like, it's a solid, solid match. I watched this match 10 times before we recorded this. No joke. I just kept watching it again <laughs> and again. I know you're not a, much of a big rewind guy, but for me, I went back to pay extra attention to something different every time. Once I watched the crowd, once I listened to what the announcer said, once I did this one. And then I went into like the rabbit hole of all the stuff on this match on YouTube. And one of the things that I found out about this match, just so you know. So this match was kind of the highlight of this great show called the Wrestling Summit. This is a super show that was put on between All Japan, New Japan, and WWF all in their heyday. Can you fucking believe that? Like it's an ins- it's an insane card. Insane card. And so the main event was originally scheduled to be Hulk Hogan against Terry Bam Bam Gordy, but for some reason at the last minute Bam Bam Gordy is substituted out with Stan Hansen. And so Hogan and Hansen in the main event, this is just after WrestleMania 6. And we have Ultimate Warrior defending his title against Ted DiBiase. It's kind of strange. I'm not sure why that happened. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, Bret Hart against Misawa, who is Tiger Mask on this show. We have Baba and Andre the Giant against Demolition. Like, it's fucking star-studded. It's the... it. You know what? I think in history, this could be one of the most historically significant shows ever as a show. And this match stole the fucking show it absolutely stole the show and so when you go down the rabbit hole you find you know people have lots of interesting things to say about this match and one of the comments that kept coming up is tenryu tenryu himself said that this is his own favorite match considering how many matches he has that's insane he fucking went over on Baba and Inoki both, and his favorite match is Savage. <laughs> I mean, like this match that we're talking about. Like, what the fuck? Like, so he's been in the ring with everyone. And once you know what's going on in this match in terms of commentary and the background and all that, it gets all the more interesting. And so I, you know, I'm going to explain some things to you. It may make you watch it a second or third time. But one of the interesting things that happened as a result of this match was. Tenru himself was so impressed with how well this match went, he decided that when he set up his own federation a year later called SWS, he invited Randy Savage for them to have a rematch. And then after that rematch, he had him and Randy Savage against Paul Roma. And who was the other guy that Paul Roma was tagging with? Do you remember that Power and Glory? Uh, Hercules. Hercules Hernandez. Yeah. And so he came back and he worked with Savage in singles again. And then he worked with Savage in a tag. And so he really loved how well they got along in the ring. And he thought their chemistry was excellent. And I, I think the chemistry is excellent too. Okay. And and before, before you get into it, because I think I personally, I think Tenru gets lost in like the pantheon of like Misawa, Anoki, sure. 
So Through, why don't uh, so right, like, yeah. yeah so like for Amer- an American audience why don't you like b- briefly go over like why he's so significant okay so first of all Tenru is a guy who came from the world of sumo wrestling and he transitioned from sumo wrestling into pro wrestling now at his time or just before his time actually maybe a little bit before his time actually definitely before his time Ricky Doza was a Japanese sumo wrestler who transitioned into pro wrestling and started pro wrestling as a thing. Like pro wrestling didn't even exist in Japan. And so Ricky Dozan is the founder of pro wrestling in Japan. He comes from a sumo background. And so Tenru falls in that same line of pro wrestlers who transitioned into pro wrestling from sumo wrestling. So his credibility coming over was, first of all, it's his you know, his repertoire speaks for itself, let's say, right? Like, so he's a great background, great pedigree. Then when he enters wrestling, he's one of the only guys in the history of the business who's worked in every major federation. Like, so Tenru has worked for every major federation. He's worked for All Japan, New Japan. He even worked for Hustle at some time. I'm trying to think. (laughs) Yeah, he's worked in NOAA matches. He's worked every single place you could imagine. He's had a long career. And at one time, and it may still be true if I'm not mistaken, I believe he's the only Japanese wrestler in history to hold pinfall victories over both Baba and Inoki. That's insane. That is insane. And in Japan, he's a huge, at one time, he was a huge TV star here because of his voice. He has the most distinct raspy voice I've ever heard. Like it's hard for Japanese people to understand his Japanese. That's how raspy is it is. <laughs> and so he's often in comedy shows where he just says something and then the people have to guess what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, he's a legend. He's a legitimate legend. And I think now that Inoki has just passed away, he's maybe Choshu and Fujinami and him are the now the next generation of living legends. That's where he sits today. He's at the top of the top. He's like your Austin. If I have to put him gotcha. anywhere, he's Steve Austin in Japan like that. Okay. And his character is very suited for the time. Like he's a no nonsense, comes from a very strict training regimen of sumo. And so he believes everything should be done in a proper way. And he loves wrestling. So he often said that, like, it's often said that he's Mr. Pro Wrestling. Like, that's the way the the people think about him. Okay, so he said in his own comments about this match, he goes, look, if I entered the ring first in this match, it would not have gone off as well as it did. And so the key to making this match a success was having Randy Savage go out first and having him showboat with his flashy look and his flashy style and his flashy appearance and have the Japanese traditional conservative audience feel uncomfortable. That is a key selling point of this match. And, you know, when I heard that and I went back and watched it a second time, the second time I watched it, he's right. You could tell, like, the crowd's not booing. They just, they don't feel comfortable about what he is and who he is. Did you pick up on that? Oh, yeah. He's definitely, at this time, he's definitely way out of any character in Japan at the time or any gimmick in Japan. Like, he's way over the top by their standards. Right. 
he's way, way over the top. And then Sherry is, so we've talked about our love for Sherry on this show before. In wrestling, in all of wrestling, she's my favorite woman ever. And that says a lot. I love Manami Toyota matches. I love her. But what Sherry does is always my favorite stuff. What do you think about Sherry? I think Sherry brings, like you said a couple episodes ago, like she has nobody to wrestle in WWE and yeah. that, and there's no women, the women's title isn't a thing. Mm-hmm. So this is why she gets paired with Savage right. and it winds up being like this brilliant thing. Yeah, I agree. It's brilliant. But, you know, just for my own satisfaction, I wonder how good she would have been had she done matches with Bull Nakano and Aja Kong and Manami Toyota and Oh yeah, and that's and that's actually something that's coming up here now, going a little off topic, is Sasha Banks is no longer in WWE and right, everybody right. considers her a top and now she's gonna wrestle in New Japan. Right. Or maybe she might wrestle stardom, in stardom. Right, right. Yeah, and she'll she'll get all of these high profile matches and then we'll see how good she really is. Yeah. I, I, it's interesting to see. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see. Yeah, but I think Sherry might have Done well there, but I don't think the money was there. Like, I think the money was with Savage, right? Yeah, stay with Savage. Tenru comes to the ring after Savage. And once Savage is situated in the ring, you know, the commentators are already going off a little bit about, this is WWF. But they say it in a way that it's like, they're the enemy or they're our rivals. (laughs) And then Tenru comes to the ring with the look of disdain on his face. Like, who the fuck are you? And why the fuck are you in my ring? Like, it's, it's his look of yeah, like, for sure. oh, it's just perfect. And it's just such a clash, a great clash of like stances. And he gets to the ring. And as he gets on the apron where everybody can see, like they've raised the ring. Uh, we should mention this match is held in the Tokyo Dome and they've spaced out the crowd a little bit. Usually they pack them in like sardines. But for some reason in this show, I think they probably raised the ticket prices and then limited the amount of seats on the floor. And then they raised the ring in the center of the dome so everybody can see it. So when he gets up onto like where the outside of the ring is, which is still raised, he takes off his jacket and whips it at Savage. This is something you would never, ever, ever expect from a guy like Tenru. And so the crowd starts losing their fucking mind because they know he's pissed and they can't wait to see them go at it. I love that subtle touch. Oh, it was fantastic. What'd you think? I don't I don't think I've ever seen a crowd pop so hard before a match even started. They were fucking going crazy. And you know what? I watched the matches around this. The crowd was not that into it. And what's important here is to notice, Savage has no backstory. He hasn't had any matches in Japan. He's not, he. This is his first fucking big showing in Japan. <laughs> and the crowd is losing their mind. They're fucking losing their mind. Okay, Savage pushes Tenru. Tenru pushes him back. Savage takes off his shirt and he throws his shirt outside of the ring. Now, when he throws it outside of the ring, it goes towards Sherry. And this is something that's off camera. And so then the announcer says a sentence that's really, really hard to translate, okay? And I've been racking my brain around this. I've been looking at dictionaries. I've been asking people. (laughs) It's so fucking hard to translate. And so the sentence is, the guy says in Japanese, So who is, and then, So 
there's no good way to translate it because you could translate the context and get it to be anything. But if I'm really honestly thinking about translating this into English with the feeling of like what he's trying to say, so uh, it's a loose literal translation. But I'm gonna say, what's that slut doing here, or who's that slut? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so they're creating this tension and. It's really, 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 really important to note that this show, the commentary team at this show, first of all, the commentary is fucking incredible. This is a commentary you wish for in a match like this. They've invited famous people to sit in the commentary booth with them. Okay, So there's an old guy and his name, Tokumitsu Kazuo. And this guy is, I'm not sure how I can explain this to you in a way that you'd understand, but it's like... Tom Broca. Really? Okay. It's like fucking Tom Broca sitting at the commentary desk. Okay. And next to him is a famous musician. Okay. So the two of them are at the desk. And this guy is a fucking Mark. Okay. So <laughs> he's a Mark and he can't help but get incensed with Sherry throughout the match. And he says all these terrible fucking things about Sherry and it goes back and forth and they almost come to blows at one time. And so we're going to get into that a lot. But he's like, he believes it so much. He's into it so much. And so he gets out of control, really, like really out of control. And I think it's outstanding. It just shows like the intensity of the crowd. Like he really demonstrates well how into the match the Japanese crowd is because he's not working off of the script. He's not being told what to say he's just reacting because he doesn't know and he says all the wrong things right? <laughs> all the things <laughs> he shouldn't be saying okay so then savage in the middle of the ring after savage takes off his shirt he throws a couple of punches and the commentator because they don't know savage right they go who does he think he is does he think he's terry funk like, <laughs> like they're really going hard on like Savage being a nobody and deriding him. So I know you didn't know any of that. I, I no, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so great. Okay, then Tenru throws him off the ropes, and as Savage comes back, he grabs a top rope and he powders to the outside, and the crowd is standing and booing at fifty thousand people get up on their they feet. They're so pissed off. Oh my god, I couldn't believe. I've never seen anybody like have a standing ovation in terms of like negative heat for somebody powdering out of the ring. I it was <laughs> outstanding. Outstanding. Okay, then after the powder off, the the intensity in the crowd is just electric. It's just electric. Savage gets back in the ring, points his finger in the sky like he does in North America like all the time and he starts making a circle with his finger. But no, Japanese people see that as as if he's saying I'm number 1. And he's he's like pointing to the sky as if he's like the greatest thing ever. And that showboating is causing the crowd to lose their mind, really lose their mind. And then they cut over to Sherry and she's giving people in the front row the finger. <laughs> and yelling the whole time, like screeching the whole time. Oh, it's great. And then you can tell that both of these guys know like we've got something special here. As Savage goes for a suplex, Tenru goes for a suplex, Savage wiggles out, and then Tenru delivers, I want to say like 10 or 15 backhand chops to Savage's chest, 
puts him in the corner. Savage is selling like crazy. The crowd starts getting up on their feet. It's like the finals of the World Cup. Like they're fucking going mental here. And as Savage falls down on the ground, they lose their shit. And Tenru starts getting excited. And you could hear him or see him mouth the words, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I fucking loved that backhanded chop sequence. It was so simple. Nothing to it. But the crowd and the atmosphere and the two of these guys together, it was magic. Oh, I thought it was magic. What did you think about all that? Yeah, like it's pinned to 10 at this point, right? Like it's at max energy, like just for chops. Like I know they're I know they're cool chops and he's got a great chop, but like yeah. but like everybody's like they want him to kill Savage. Yeah, they want him to kill him after like five minutes of knowing who Savage is, which is more amazing. Okay. Then so when Savage is getting chopped, the commentator starts screaming, Ike, 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 Ike. And that means like, go, 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 go. And then the commentator, who's like the main wrestling commentator, he said, I haven't said Ike, Ike in a match since Jumbo Saruta had an advantage over Bruiser Brody. Oh my God. Yeah. And like, that's how vested he is in this match. He's like, I, well, we, I can't believe... Like, I want it so badly. Like, he himself is saying that. And everybody's on the edge of their seats. And once you can hear, like, that level of intensity from the commentator who's seen, like, hundreds of thousands of matches before, like, you really know, like, this is this is something. Like, it's something going on here. The, the energy in their voices are just electric. Then Sherry gets up on the apron. And then when Sherry gets up on the apron, she distracts Tenru. Savage attacks him from behind. This is a typical thing that they do when they were working matches in WWF, but this is not typical for Japan. Not at all. I was going to say, this is not like, this is not acceptable in Japan, right? No, not at all. And not only is it not acceptable, there's going to be a moment later in the match. I'm going to talk to you about something. You're going to be really surprised. It's fantastic what they did. Okay. So she distracts him. And then the guy who's the Mark, he goes, the direct translation in English is, Oh, now I see what their game plan is. <laughs> and so like <laughs> he's he's really buying all of it hook, line, and sinker. But just imagine that coming out of the mouth of Tom Broca. Right. <laughs> that, that's Saturday night's main event. Tom Broca's watching Hogan Andre, and then they have the fake ref count, and Tom Broca's going, Oh my god, what did we just see? That that's the way you should be imagining what's going on here. That's bananas. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay. And then they get back to working. Tenru hits a nice lariat right in the middle of the ring. The crowd is going apeshit off one lariat in the early stages of the match. And then from there, it really picks up with, after a little bit of back and forth, Savage takes a back body drop over the top rope to the outside. Okay, now, the back body drop itself is beautiful. Beautiful. What do you think? Yeah, I was worried. Like, I was worried about how he was going to land. He got some crazy height with it. Yeah, and the ring is elevated, so it looks even higher. You know what I mean? Like, it looks like he's flying through the sky, just the way they had the setup there. I thought it was really, really nice. So he gets out, and then the fucking camera cuts away, but the announcer mentions, if you go back and watch it now, Jim, you'll see Tenru hints at the ref to move. He said Tenru ran into the corner did a flip over the top rope and landed on the apron and then dove off the apron. And like, so you've never seen Tenru do anything like that before. No. 
this fucking Tenru is doing like aerial moves. And so Tenru does that. And the announcers go, this is nothing like we've ever seen before. He wants to kill Savage. And the crowd is going fucking apeshit. Like really, really apeshit. And it's like, there's a saying in Japanese, like when you get like so hyped, you can't control what you do. And you just go, like you just do abnormal things. Or you do something that like you wouldn't normally do. That's what's happening here today. And so the commentator says he has no idea what the hell he's doing. <laughs> but like, you know, and it's true. He's, I'm sure that was not part of the plan because Tenru, Tenru, that's not in his arsenal. No. Yeah, that's, that's, so then from there, they're both on the ground and then Sherry attacks Tenru from behind. The crowd's, of course, booing, getting pissed. Then he turns towards Sherry, doesn't sell the form, and Savage attacks him from the other end. And then this goes from level 90 to level 500 in terms of excitement <laughs> when Savage puts him into the commentary booth. Okay, so she puts him in the commentary. He puts Tenru into the commentary booth. Tenru flips over. Savage heads back to the ring, and Sherry's standing there. Now, the guy who's the mark, that old man, he starts helping Tenru up. Okay, so you see in the video, there's a guy helping Tenru. He's yeah. the Tom Brokaw guy. He, that's the Tom Brokaw. He's helping him up. And he's like, come on, go in, get back in there. You can get. And then Sherry comes over to attack him. And that guy starts losing his mind. Like he gets heated, but his mic's off. So I can't tell what he's saying, but whatever he said, it was absolutely fucking unacceptable because as, <laughs> as soon as Tenru gets back in the ring, they get all seated again and they put their headsets back on and the guy goes, please accept my apology from the bottom of my heart. And so like, he goes into like, <laughs> this is 1990, okay? In 1990, we don't normally hear that. He must have gone way overboard. And then the other commentator said, yeah, he goes, you know, a you can't help get caught up in the action. And then the musician who is there by ringside, he said to, he didn't say much throughout the match, but he goes, you know what? Now I understand the beauty of pro wrestling. It's the fans. It's the show. It's the presentation. It creates something electric. And his timing was so fucking perfect. Oh, it was so good. The That's commentary, awesome. oh, The commentary was great. And then they do this thing in Japan, which I don't think we get in North America usually. Like, we're in the match, everything's going good, and then suddenly, they pan out to show you the whole stadium, right? And this match is in 1990. So, unfortunately, the video quality isn't that clear, but if we had watched it at that time, in its actual quality at that time, the reason why they're doing that is they're showing, like, all the foot stomping or all the panicking in the crowd, and everybody's seated in their seat, like, nobody's going off to get popcorn or anything like that. They're trying to show you how hype the arena is and that's why they zoom out like that so they zoom out like that and we can't see it now because of the quality but every single person is glued to their seat every single one and so i love that i love that video demonstration of that like we don't get that in north america ever right no you don't get you don't get it you get that for sporting events here you don't get it for oh, wrestling oh i see i see uh yeah maybe coming soon they, they've been doing that here for ages ages and ages okay and then out of nowhere, Savage throws Tenru into the corner. Tenru boots Savage in the face. Before that, actually, Savage has Tenru in the corner and he's punching him in the face and he leans over to Tenru and like watching it from the 
YouTube comments and looking at everybody, many people pointed to this moment and they say, look at Savage. He's got a huge smile on his face when talking to Tenru. He's saying something in his ear and huh. Tenru's also smiling. They know this is magical. They just know. You could tell. And so he smiles. He throws him into the corner turnbuckle. He eats a big boot. And then Tenru gives him an, a sudden enzigiri out of nowhere. And Savage's selling job is fucking perfect. I can't remember a selling job that good on an enzigiri ever. What do you think? I think Savage doesn't get enough credit for putting guys over for doing things like this. Like, like I know he's super popular and all that, but like he was never really against putting guys over. I don't know if he has that rapper, but nobody ever talks about like his selling for people is great. Yeah. You know, he does the job often. Like when I think about his career, he's done the job a lot of times. He's been in many famous matches where he's lost, but I think you're right. His selling itself is underrated. Very, very underrated. And if you watch that Enzigiri sell spot again, the way his leg is wobbling, the way he's unable to keep his balance, the way that it creates the crowd pandemonium is just fucking fantastic. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, great. And then, like, just when it seems like he's out of it, out of nowhere, he recovers with a lariat for a close two, and then something funny happens. You know, I think Randy Savage doesn't realize how small and weak Japanese people are, so he gets up to push the ref, to say, hey, that wasn't, you know, two, it was a three. But the guy's like an average-sized <laughs> Japanese guy, and Savage is much, much, much bigger than him. So when Savage pushes him, he expected the guy to move back, but he goes fucking flying into the corner, almost takes a ref bump. And so then Savage has to go and pick him up very quickly and then go for the count again. I, I thought it was it was a funny little thing. And then, of course, the commentators mention that, you know, he attacks a ref, which is a like a not cool thing to do and then from there puts Tenru into the ropes and then I wanted to say that this was a strange lariat here where he hits Tenru in the ropes with the lariat but yeah. actually I you know what it worked it worked it or, did work it, yeah. it was odd but it worked yeah and then he grabs the ropes he's hooking the ropes and he puts his legs on Tenru's neck and he's doing everything he can for the audience to see him as a stereotypical heel. Like that, that's all he's doing here. It's great, great work. And then Tenru goes out to the outside, and you know it's coming. You know, Savage hits the double axe handle off the top to the ground, then an elbow on the ground, and then the commentators scream out off mic, shut up, you bitch. <laughs> 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 oh, it is so great. They're so into it. Like, that's a commentator. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not just a fan. And they're starting to throw stuff. This is Japan. What the? F you would never expect anything like that at all. And Sherry takes off her heel, hits Tenru in the face with the heel, sends him over to the guardrail. Now, this is what's really interesting. The commentators say, look, she's very strong. She's very aggressive. She has the ability to inflict pain on Tenru. What should he do? So the guy said, no matter what she does, you can't hit a woman. Thoughts? Yeah, I think I think that's I think that play that's that's right 
as far as how and that's that's what Savage brings to this match. He brings uncomfortableness, right? Like the arrogance, the fact that the woman's hitting, but you clearly can't hit a woman back. Right. I think it's all new stuff, right? Because there's no character like this in Japan. No, not at all. But you know what? Like this goes back to my point of from a few weeks ago. Like, look how different women were treated then and what the what was expected of them then and what they're treated like now, what they're what's expected of them now, right? Like that's fair. Right? Like it's it's totally a different world. Like today, if this happened, somebody would lay her out. You know what I mean? Like you hit me two or three times, okay, that's it. I'm gonna hit you. And like the crowd wouldn't say boo. And so I think that's really telling. I'm not sure what kind of commentary that is, but they said no matter what, he can't and so of course Tenru never hits her. Never hits her. And then <laughs> while he's trying to get back in the ring Savage is in the ring she comes over and she gives a great great kick to the back of Tenru's head like I knew she was yeah, flexible good. oh it's so nice it's so fantastic and then the, one of the commentators says she's a very flashy woman now <laughs> there's no nice way like that's a literal translation but He's calling her a whore. Like he's calling that, that's what he's saying, right? And in, in a Japanese 1990s, that's what he's calling her. And so, like, they the whole crowd, the whole audience is against her and against him. Then again, Savage does another double axe handle in the middle of the ring this time. And then this is the first time in my life I think I've ever seen this. Randy Savage botches his flying elbow. I've yep. never ever ever seen that before ever it's always a work of art i think he put tenru down too close to the corner and so he couldn't adjust the distance well like it was too close right so have you ever seen him miss that no i've never seen him like it not look like the greatest elbow in the history of elbows right and so when he did that the commentator called it a flying knee drop because <laughs> like that's how bad he missed it. It was really, really, really bad. And then from there, he goes to the well once too often, which is just in line with the showboating. He goes in, goes to the top. Tenru hits him in the stomach. And we expect to see a powerbomb here. And as he hooks him into the powerbomb, the crowd stands up and they're going fucking bananas. Really bananas. I love the energy in the crowd. I, I thought it was, it gave me chills. What do you think about that? Yeah, like they're, they're, they want them to put them away. Like they are so, like obviously they're going to be pro Tenru, sure. but like they're so, they hate Savage so much. Oh, they're so, it's a different level of hate. It's a totally different level of hate. Then from there, oh, he gets out of the power bomb. And after he reverses it, the crowd is like, oh, like they're heartbroken. Then he goes for a flying body press and he hurts his knee. Tenru with an enzigiri and then a quick power bomb. And the crowd is absolutely out of their mind. You know, I think whoever was there, they would have felt that they got their money's worth just from that match alone, this 12-minute match. Like it was that exciting and hot in the crowd. I don't, you know, when I think about North American matches at this scale and this caliber, the match that comes to mind or the two matches that come to mind, unfortunately, they're both Hogan-centric. It's Hogan Rock, Hogan Warrior. That's the type of heat we're talking about here, right, Jim? Yeah, I think it's Savage Steamboat. You could go as well. Right, right. Another Savage match, right? Yeah. 
and, and, and by the way, like, I understand this is the way Tenru does a power bomb. Mm. And back then it didn't matter. Sure. But man, this power bomb does not hold yeah, up. A, a part of the problem too is Savage should have not put his hand down on the side, right? Like he should have. Yes. Yeah. So it's partly Savage's fault. But agreed. But it's a 50,000 seat arena. There's no TV screens in the arena. They're watching it live. They don't get this feed on TV until weeks later. And so you get, I think you can escape. You know what I mean? Like, and there's your. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, you're jumping up and down in the crowd, anyways. And so that's outstanding. He goes over and the crowd and the commentators are screaming at the top of their lungs. And I fucking loved every single minute of this match. I, no joke, watched it at least 10 times. The, uh, the audience, the commentators, the way they work together. For me, we've done a lot of fucking matches. We've This is our 67th episode now. We've done a lot of matches. And I think out of the 67 matches, this has to be in my top five. Like, there's no doubt it's in my top five. Oh, it's absolutely it's absolutely in the top five. Yeah. Without even looking at the list, it's in the top yeah, five. Yeah, it's great. Very, very, very good. Okay, and then at the very end, you know, Sherry comes in, consoles her man, and uh, she carries into the back. Savage is selling all the way to the back. But the crowd is just crazy for this. Crazy. Really crazy. And uh, if you go online, you can watch the SWS match that they have, which is a rematch of this one year later. It's in the uh, promotion that Tenry runs. There's no Sherry there. Without Sherry, this is a very different match. Very, very different match. Not nearly as good. Not near. This, this was magic. And Savage, in his interview, he even says like to the Japanese crowd, like he does his savage stick, but he's like, you know, when you beat me a year ago, we had something magical. He even says that it was, he knows that right. it was great. And so like everybody knows that this is a great match. And, you know, uh, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And if you can speak Japanese, I recommend you watch it today. It's that good. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Six Man Podcast. You can tag in with a DM. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to write to us at sixmanpodcast at gmail.com. For now, it's time to tag out. <laughs>